there is a power that lies dormant within each of us. A creative force waiting to be awakened. Potentials of mind science barely understands. Harnessing the energies of consciousness is the next chapter in human evolution. Join us as we explore the secrets of mind and the technology and people behind the revolution. This is the Mind Warrior Project. This is Zygon. Why are some people able to come back from devastating losses, rebuild their lives, and make fortunes? People who don't just have minor setbacks, but experience terrible circumstances and lose everything. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this Mind Warrior podcast, Rags to Riches. I'm Rob Hopping. In this program, Dana and I will talk about how and why people who go through horrible life-crushing experiences are able to pick themselves up and rebuild their lives. So, Dane, how are you doing? I'm doing great. So, you had an opportunity to interview a good friend who had experienced everyone's worst nightmare, having a government agency literally take everything from him, his money, his reputation, and threaten to put him in jail. I did, yeah, actually, and it was an amazing interview, and we're going to play that interview, but also we're going to talk about it, and we're going to talk about what's unique about this particular individual and the circumstances that he went through. But the reality is we all go through that in life. We all have those ups and downs. This happened to be, you know, more of a, of a down than most people experience, but how is it that we come back? And this idea that we have a choice to either come back or to let those circumstances envelop us and, you know, make our lives miserable. We're going to talk about that at the end. We're going to talk about some key traits and some key things that uh, I think everyone will be very interested in discovering. So let's uh, let's play the interview now, and when we're finished, we'll uh, we'll dig into it and talk about uh, what he went through and what we all can take from it in terms of creating and enhancing the success in our lives. What if, despite your best efforts in life, starting a business or taking on a new job with great potential? What if you did your best and it all turned into a disaster and you lost everything? Your house, your car, your ability to create an income. What would you do? How does someone come back from a huge financial disaster and still thrive and even create more success? Well, I have a very special guest, someone I've known for a number of years, is going to tell us his amazing story. His name is Jay Mark. And Jay got caught up in working for a fraudster a true Bernie Madoff type who ended up in an international investment scheme involving tens of millions of dollars that were stolen from innocent investors. He had no clue what was going on until the house of cards came down on him. Despite cooperating with authorities and helping them recover the funds and successfully prosecuting the fraudster guy, he was completely wiped out. He lost everything. What makes his story so interesting and unique isn't the fraud case but it's how he came back from it and ended up a multimillionaire just a few years later. He's a true mind warrior. Let's find out what he did. Welcome, Jay. Thank you very much, Dane. Great to be here. So just a couple quick questions. So you were totally wiped out. Yes. You faced a government action that potentially could have put you behind bars even, and it certainly bankrupted you, yet you moved through it and you made a fortune only a few years later. 
So I know it's a complicated story and I want to get to the gist of it so everyone can understand how you were able to come back from such a loss, a devastating loss. So let's start out with just a quick recap of your story. So before you even got involved with this fraudster person, you were a pretty successful guy. Uh, tell us about your background and how you got caught up in all this. Uh, so yeah, I've always been an entrepreneur and uh, I was uh, buying and fixing up, selling homes, also had a mortgage company. I was a realtor. And like I said, just always been an entrepreneur, always working for myself. And uh, In fact, you even had a restaurant at one point too, right? I did have a restaurant, yes. That was a lot of fun at the time. So what happened? So how did you get involved with this so-called scheme that ended up defrauding investors of tens of millions of dollars? I met an individual at a conference and we had a conversation at the end of the conference and we were staying in touch and it all led to me being a, a customer service rep for his uh, financial company. And he was claiming to be a billionaire. Is that right? He was. And uh, that turned out to not be uh, so true in the end. Okay. So what happens? Then suddenly tens of millions of dollars went missing in the middle of the night at a customer's accounts. Uh, I being customer service, it was, uh, I was just absolutely, uh, it was the biggest shock of my life. Uh, phone and email was going off in the middle of the night, like you can't believe. Eventually, the principal of the company said that I ran off with the money and fled to Mexico. So that was when the house of cards came down. Yes. So what did you do? I called the SEC myself. And after interviewing me, and they had me send contents of my computer down to them, uh, they cleared me and said that they weren't going to charge me with anything and that they would recommend this to the other three-letter organizations. And they didn't think that I was involved in the money disappearing. So what people might think when you deal with the government, nothing is simple. So it's not something that just happens in a matter of a week or two, right? This took years. Uh, the entire ordeal went on for five years. Yeah. Why is that? Why does that take so long? It was a complicated case uh, involving many different countries. And because of the amount of money, it was hard to unravel. And during this time, you couldn't do anything. Your hands were tied, right? My, I was just being as helpful as I could. Um, I didn't know what was going to come next. And how did you lose all your money? Well, I woke up one morning and I just been charged by the government. And I go online and I saw that all of my assets, all my bank accounts were frozen. Everything had been taken away from me. So I looked at my wallet and I said, oh my God, this is all I got. Wow. Yeah. So what did you do next? For me, losing everything and thinking that you know, I'd never had anything happen to me like this. It was the worst morning of my life. Wow. So was this when you hit bottom? No. Um, that was a number of weeks later. Um, even though everything had been frozen and taken away, I had done some work for a company and they were giving me $1,500 a month residual payment for as long as the customers that I brought them continued to use their services. So I had this little stream of money coming in. And at that point, I still had my BMW. I was still driving around in that and I could not make any payments. So I couldn't make any payments to the car. 
company. So they sent me a letter saying we, we need the car. And so I said, well, I want to do a voluntary repossession. I'm not going to run around and, and dodge you. I mean, hey, I can't pay. This is me. Okay, I'll bring it in. So I remember driving in one day to the BMW dealership and filling out some paperwork. And I walked out and I walked down the street. I drive in in a BMW and now I'm walking down the street in 100 degree weather going, oh, my God, what, what next? I, I just... I was just had such a sinking feeling. And I remember calling my my good friend and mentor. And I said, I was just at a low point right then. I said, you know, I'm never going to have another nice car again. And the first words out of his mouth was, yes, you will. And it'll even be better. Okay. And so I, I remember you telling me, was this, was this the time in the story where you, you had no car? Yes. You were in a small little rental unit. And... It was very, you're in Texas, it's very hot. It, it was, but you know, I, I grew up in a good family and I had a strong mind and I had been listening to many tapes and I knew that I was meant to, to, to have all the success that I had always dreamed of. And there was moments when I, you know, started to go backwards, but my mind would always catch me. I go, no. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. But, you know, I did hit a low point, Dane. And uh, I, uh, in the past, I've gotten a little emotional, but I'll try. And uh, I, one night, I just couldn't take it anymore. And I put out uh, a bunch of bowls uh, for the dog. I, I had my little dog with me and I looked down in her eyes and I was like, well, I'm sorry. And uh, I put out the bowls and uh, I go, well, when, uh, when, you know, at least she'll, she'll be alive when they find me dead. And uh, I got a bottle of booze and I had some pills that I'd gotten from, uh, from a, a doctor when I was feeling very emotional before I'd uh, come down to Texas. And I sat there with both of them in my hand. I said, this is it. I'm done. I cannot take this anymore. I've got the government telling me I'm a bad person. I'm not. And I said, but I don't know what to do anymore. And so right then, I kid you not, right then the phone rang and it was one of my supporters and they sat on the phone with me for the next, I know it was at least six hours. And I woke up with the bottle and the pills on the floor with the phone finally dead. And I'd been talking to him for six hours and then I just fell asleep at one point. And that morning I looked up and I said, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get through this. Wow. Yeah. So that next morning, was it kind of a revelatory thing or you just suddenly, you, you just felt like, okay, I want to live. I want to live. I want to live. I'm going to get through this. So needless to say, you spent whatever time you needed to spend dealing with the government issues, helping them to prosecute and to recover the funds, or was that was kind of your mission. But also you had to be thinking about how you were going to pull out of this. In other words, you had to be thinking about either another adventure or getting a job or something, correct? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I lost everything. I sat there and watched my home uh, go onto the courthouse steps. Um, oh, there goes my other home. Now it's being sold. And of course, my credit was completely trashed. Um, and the government was needing me to come and do depositions and all kinds of things. So 
I was taking greyhounds in the middle of the night, and uh, I remember sleeping in bus stops more than once. Um, I was getting ready for the day, sometimes in IHOP bathrooms uh, when I was on the road. I didn't know what was going to happen. I still didn't know if I was going to go to jail. I was trying to help as much as possible, but I was just looking around going, am I ever going to feel normal again? Am I ever going to get out of this? And did you? Because obviously life just doesn't happen to you. You have to make it happen. So what actions did you take to get out of this mess? Well, I think this is where I relied on the fact that uh, I had I'd listened to so much uh, positive programming in my life. I just, uh, I said, well, I, I got to do this. And eventually I was, uh, you know, testifying in federal buildings and FBI buildings uh, against the actual perpetrators when they finally found them. And here I am, you know, almost 50 years old. And I'm back at home and in mom's house. I go on the internet and the headline that the government used makes me look like the worst criminal uh, imaginable. And I'm going, if I try and get a job, I see, geez, we don't want that guy. Right. So I said, well, let's see, I could, I could sell on Amazon. And I took a course on selling on Amazon, uh, grabbed some products and, and started marketing them. And I, I think, Dane, because I had to do it. I mean, it was like do or die. It's like I got to make this happen. Right, right. All, all, the, all, the bridges, all the bridges were burned. Yeah. I was just listing as many things as I could on Amazon. I was going over the videos. I was in special webinars to learn. I go, I got to figure this out. I've got to get an income coming in. And I actually uh, got that income up to around 5000 a month. I was able to go get a little beater car, a little beater truck, which uh, even though it was beater, it was like, uh, you know, the greatest thing ever. I was like, wow, I got wheels again and it just felt great. So I plugged away at starting new businesses, getting them all set up again, then had had a product that I had in grocery stores. And so I decided to bring that back. I took the extra training for that. And that started to take off. And so uh, now in uh, 250 grocery stores, it's not only brings in money, but it's my passion. It's a product that I develop that I love. And it's just wonderful to see it doing so well. So do you think that was part of the catalyst was also that you were focused on creative endeavors, not only to take your mind away from the, all the persecution, but, all, but, but you were doing things, something that you really love to do. Yes, it was important for me to bring that back, something that was mine that I had started before, and it, it, it gave me a feeling like I've got something. And, then, and now the money's starting to flow in a little bit. Just, just a little bit. So I thought, okay, my name is still muddied on the internet. Uh, what else can I do? And I had done home-based business, uh, network marketing, if you will. And uh, so, again, it was do or die. I had to do something and got involved with the company. And I started building a team. And it took off into the many thousands. This was in the crypto field, right? Correct. And this was, this, this was before Bitcoin went ballistic. Yeah, this was back in uh, 2014, 2015. And I had friends going, oh, oh, that's fool's gold. You know, what are you doing? But to me, it's like, you know what? I, I had this 
feeling like like it was going to work and that it was going somewhere. And I, uh, what, what else did I have to lose? I, I go, you know, I just got to believe in something here and go with it. Because it would go up in price a little bit and I'd see people buying new cars and getting homes. And I just said, no, I'm just going to keep every single bit of crypto that I can possibly earn, buy, uh, trade for, whatever it took. And I just kept on holding on to it. So basically you became a crypto investor mm-hmm. and also you were working for a company that you earned crypto as part of your compensation. Is that mm-hmm. right? Correct. Okay. Okay. So you started accumulating bit- Bitcoin basically. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Right. And, uh, and while other people were calling it fool's gold and while other people were, were spending it on fast cars and homes, um, something just told me to just, just hang on and just, just keep putting it away and uh, I earned over uh, $1 million. Then through investments, I parlayed that into many more millions. I sometimes want to pinch myself today because I go, wow, I, I can't believe all this happened in one way. But I, I knew at one point that I was going to, to make it. Nothing was going to stop me. You know, they say, uh, be careful who you hang around because you'll become an average of the five people you hang out with the most. I put five people around me. I, I made sure were people that believed in me, believed in my vision, believed that I could make it. You know, and another thing, Dane, is you find out who your friends are when you go through this. I, I had friends who I thought were friends that uh, ended up, uh, they were no longer my friends. And then I had the friends that were like uh, going, Jay, we, we know you didn't do anything. We, we know that isn't you. And we stand behind you 100%. And those are the friends that I, I rallied with and and went forward with, and um, yeah. And, and you know what's interesting is that you not only lost everything, I mean, all of your wealth, I mean, you basically had a negative net worth, you know, at, at one point. So it wasn't just only that, and well, as well as losing friends, you lost your reputation. That's, that's a horrible thing. So it's like you, so you were less than nothing, and in a matter of a couple of years are a multimillionaire. So how does it, how do you, how do you account for that? Yeah, I was 350,000 in debt. I had no companies. I, my name was muddied on the internet. Uh, my credit had gone from 750 down to 300 something. I had foreclosures on my credit report. Um, you know, yeah, I was, uh, I wasn't just starting from zero. I was starting from a negative, uh, way below yeah, zero, a negative. And I, again, it's the friends I hung around with. It's the belief that I had in myself. I used to listen to uh, subconscious training tapes. So I learned that the subconscious was, you know, was so much more powerful. So I knew that it was the subconscious mind. And, and I worked on that and I trained that and I listened to tapes always for years and during this whole ordeal that would help my mind from a subconscious perspective stay on track. Because the world was basically beating you down. The world was basically saying you're worthless, you're, you're no good, you're a bad person, so on and so forth. You didn't allow that to get to you. No. Even though you had a low moment and you pulled yourself out of it, but you didn't allow that to like crush you. And you had a choice. And you had a, and you had a choice, Jay. You could have you like, you know, just quit. Mm-hmm. I have many friends who said, 
Jay, I never could have made it through like you did. And my response always to them is, well, you'd be surprised if when a human being has got their back against the wall, it's amazing the strength that you can conjure up. And, you know, I was one of the ones that had enough of that psychological training and had a strong enough mind to just say, I don't deserve this. And I have dreams to, to do many things. At a certain point, I said, this is not going to derail me. And again, luckily and thankfully, I had so many good people around me, you know, and I just stayed grateful uh, for, for every little thing. I mean, I remember when I bought that beater truck, I was just like the gratitude that I felt is like, I don't care. I had a BMW. Now I've got this little truck, but I love this little thing. <laughs> right. And I, and I don't think people realize how powerful that is of just having the, cause that's an emotional response that, that adds positive energy to your subconscious autopilot. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I have a question for you. So Um, There's a lot of people right now that are pretty depressed. Our world just went through this pandemic over the last year, year and a half. Uh, People, um, some people are doing very well with it. Other people are not doing so well, but there's a, there's an overall kind of depression. You know, our society isn't, isn't thriving like it used to. What advice do you have to, to people today that are going through, maybe not to the degree that you went through, but they're going through that, those periods of down, feeling down, depressed. They're just not able to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. How would you, what would you say to them based on your experience of what they should do? What action should they take? Surround yourself with people that believe in you, that lift you up. Turn off the TV. I, I see so many people that say they don't have time to read a book or they don't have time to uh, listen to this uh, training tape or I don't have time to learn this, and yet they'll sit in front of the TV and while the time away, you, you gotta make a decision. How does that saying go? Uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You've got to change something in your life, and, and it is just critical that you put those people around you that are either on the same path as you or who have already made it and are going the direction that you're going because those are the people that are going to pull you the right way instead of pull you the wrong way. So the two takeaways were that one, you were investing in yourself mm-hmm. by investing in more education. And even though you're old, over 50 years old, you still were learning new things. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing was you kind of, you surrounded yourself with kind of a mastermind group, people that were positively reinforcing you uh, in terms of what you wanted to do. You know, I've, I've often said, uh, you know, the real studies and the real learning begins when the school stops. Um, you know, you never stop learning, never stop cracking that book or listening to that next YouTube video or whatever it may be. I mean, a lot of people I see, they go, okay, I've graduated, I'm done. It's like, no, that's where everything just begins. And and you can always reinvent yourself. You can always just pivot and and say, you know, it, uh, I've heard it uh, said that it's like, you know, having purple glasses on and the world looks purple and you take them off and, and oh, it's no longer purple. It can be that, that quick. It can be that sudden. You can just say, today I'm going to change my life. 
but you've got to have a strong mind. You've got to uh, listen to the right things and listen to people who have been there and done it. And I, I guess I, I just, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but I just go back to um, it's okay to let go of some of the friends that aren't going the right way. You can still love them. You can, you know, I, I, I did lose a lot of people along the way that uh, either didn't believe in me or who just uh, weren't going the direction that I wanted to go. Yeah, you know, and I think what's important to, to point out here is that people will look at you now and say, well, yeah, he's a rich guy. Well, you know, why, why, why wouldn't he give off these platitudes or say, yeah, just go do it or whatever. But see, they don't, they, they, without hearing your story and realizing that you went through hell, you actually walked through a period of time, which was extraordinarily difficult, not just losing your money, but losing your reputation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the only thing you really still had other than it, it was close call was your health. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that you rebuilt from that, uh, and you're right, I think it's, I think it's important that people realize that not only can you do it, you can restart, you can reinvent yourself literally tomorrow. You can just make the choice to say, okay, I want to be this. And you can start taking steps to be able to do that. So it wasn't really one thing in your case, correct? It was really a, a progression of you having the right attitude, surrounding yourself with the right people, reinvesting in your own personal education. And it was a process. It wasn't over an overnight success. Is that correct? It definitely wasn't. I remember thinking, I'm not starting at zero. I'm starting with a name that looks like I'm a terrible person. I'm, I'm starting in debt. I'm starting with no credit. And I just started. I just saw, okay, these are the options that I have. I had such a burning desire to get back to the dreams. And I knew that I deserved it. I remember on this one call, the government uh, said, Jay, you're a bad man. They literally said that. And I, in my response, I said, no, I'm not. Good for you. And it's just like, no, you're not going to tell me that. They, they try and push you down and break you. And it's like, no, I know I'm not that person. I knew who I was inside and nothing was going to stop me. And I did have those moments where I, I you know, and anyone is going to have those moments where you just, you, you don't know if you can keep going and, and you're going to get pushed down. You know, if it was easy to, to go to the top, <laughs> the old, everyone would be doing it. But uh, it's, uh, it's making a decision and, uh, and putting the right group of people around you and just saying, I am not going to quit. I am going to keep going no matter what. Excellent. You know, I, I, I know we, we hear this from a lot of places, but this is near and dear to my heart. So I'm just going to say it again is uh, everything starts with gratitude. You know, uh, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, you don't you're not entrusted with any more until you're grateful for what you already have. So I don't care where you are in life. Just wake up. Hey, here's an exercise that I give people uh, when I when they ask me. I say, you know, I, I was talking to someone the other day and they say, God, this has happened. This is how I got my wife's leaving me and I can't find any work. And I go, OK, but all right. So you wake up and that's what you say to yourself. That's your self-talk. huh? And they said, yeah. And I said, OK, for the next 20 days, I want you to wake up and make a list. I don't care if it's the same thing every day or if you can think of something new. Write down 10 things that you're grateful for. And that's all. Just do that. 
to just wake up and write down 10 things that you're grateful for. Uh, my wife works at a homeless shelter and I've, I've gone down and worked with her many times and these people have nothing and they come in and they're, they're so grateful for the food that they're being served. And I see so much joy in a homeless shelter. Uh, and believe you me, you see a lot of pain and a lot of hurt too. But uh, it's very interesting to see the ones that are just looking around and they're grateful for what they do have. And so that's what I want to urge everyone is start today being grateful for what you do have. Surround yourself with wonderful, good people that are going the same direction as you. Let go of some of the people that aren't going your direction. Still love them, but, uh, but, but you know, say, hey, I'm on a different path. Uh, I'm going this way. And, and make a change, and you can do it. At one point, maybe I would have thought I, I couldn't have, but, uh, but I did it, and, and anyone could do it too. Well, I appreciate that, Jay, and I think that that's a really important message. I think it's, I think it's simple enough that people will grasp it. There's, there isn't anything really spectacularly different that you did that anyone else couldn't do. They just have, they just have to get started. So appreciate the conversation, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Dane. So, Dane, that was an amazing interview, and Jay just has an attitude about life, no matter what it throws at him, that he's really able to just deal with it in a very appropriate way. Yeah, what makes his story interesting isn't just that he lost everything and was hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. He also lost his reputation, his good name, which is really everything. Right. And yet he came back from it within a few years and was worth millions. So what happened? He talked about what he did differently, and we, and we had his takeaways, but there are some things that he didn't mention that I happen to know that he, as a person, really incorporates into his way of operating his life. And we, let's go over those traits. Okay. So the first one, he has a positive self-worth and self-expectancy. Overall, even though this great downfall happened and he had his, you know, his really low moment in his life when he was actually thinking about taking his life he still realized that was an external problem. That wasn't really who he was as a person. Right. And that's important because even though you might have self-doubt at points in your life, you still see yourself as worthy. And that's a key point. Exactly. And, you know, he, he had that belief in himself that going through these kinds of experiences that you absolutely have to have. You have to have that, that fervent belief in who you are and you have value. You have self-worth. And, he, and even though for him it was a five-year journey or process to have to go through, and I think that was probably one of the most difficult things is the fact that there, the unknowns of what's going to happen next, when's the next shoe going to drop. But for some, and I've studied them, they all see their negative circumstances temporary. Right. They don't allow that one thing to take them down. And even though it took him years, and oftentimes it takes us all of us, when we have a, a bad thing happen to us in our life, it might take us a couple of years, whether it's, let's say it's a bad divorce, let's say it's a, it's a health problem, you know, let's say it's you file bankruptcy or you go through a business problem, you don't see it as fatal. Right. In Jay's experience is that it became a motivating factor. There was that one key point when he realized he should do something that he loves to do. Right. And remember, he remember the story about the gratitude that he felt when he got his little truck, his little beater truck. Right. That's energy. That is positive energy that you're thrusting into your daily life. So literally, what it is is 
Each day you get up, it's a reset. We've talked about this before in other podcasts. Mm -hmm. Each day is a reset. So you're starting the day anew. Everything is brand new. You have that, whatever, that next 24 hours to look ahead of you. And you just inject positive energy into it. And so in his case, he was staying in motion. And I think, I think his idea of revitalizing an old product that he had developed a long time ago, and he loved doing it. He loved the, the art and the creativity behind it. So he decided to revive it. I think that was his catalyst. I guess even in my personal case, Zygon was my catalyst. It's actually my life's work. And for 20 years, I was diverted on some other things. And I always kind of wanted to finish my painting. And so for me personally, it was literally the case of my dog dying. I realized, geez, life is short. It goes by in, in a flash. So it, what am I going to like put it off and do it tomorrow? No, 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 no. So I guess that's the third thing is the fact you stay in motion. So Jay had a bias for action and he stayed in motion. Correct. And that's one of the big takeaways from this interview that he never stopped. He never gave up. And from that, all of these little things started happening. One of the huge ones was that little bit of income that he had from some work that he had done in the past uh, so that he had enough to keep himself going just to keep the lights on, so to speak. He was so determined. He did what he had to do. I love the term he used, which is, you know, his back was to the wall. The only choice he really had to survive this was to keep pushing forward, to do whatever he needed to do. He really had no choice but to start his own business when you think about it. Right. Yeah. And the key point for everyone is listening to this is this, is that is, when you do something that's imbued with that positive energy, that's the reinforcing action. So, and we talk about this all the time, about how our external circumstances be, will match our internal reality of how we see ourselves. And it's the positive reinforcement of that that gives us that additional energy to take it further. So, um, you're right. So little successes build on themselves. And that's why people always say, well, gosh, he's just a lucky person. Well, he creates his luck, and that luck actually creates more luck. And I think that's what people miss, and they don't realize, well, I'm just stuck. I just feel depressed. I don't know what to do. My life is miserable. It's all out there. It's all external. Well, it's actually not. It's all internal. Correct. And the moment you start changing or shifting that internal thinking, that outside reality will start shifting. Right. It doesn't happen immediately. That's the other thing. This guy worked getting out of his hole took him five years to do it, but it started snowballing. Once he made the decision that I want to live and I'm not a bad person, and he basically stood up for himself, it was that moment that everything else started shifting around him. Right, exactly. The next point, really, and something that's the key, I think, to being able to make that happen was he surrounded himself with people who supported him. Right, you know, we talked about this before, this idea of creating a mastermind group. And, and in Jay's story, not only did he do that, but he got rid of everyone that didn't support him in his comeback. Right. It was funny how he said it. It was interesting. He said, he said, you know, you can still love them, but you have to be honest about this. You have to tell them, this is not working for me. I need support in, in my efforts to move forward in my life. And remember, in his case, the government was potentially charging with criminal activity. And right. some of the people who were he thought were his friends actually believed, well, you know, if they're charging him with something, he must have done something wrong, even though he didn't. Right. People get caught up in circumstances all the time where 
through no fault of their own, bad stuff happens. Right. And so the question is really, if you know who you are and you stand up for yourself and you make sure that your internal thinking is correct, you have right thinking, the external circumstances may be incongruent initially, but eventually they'll come to match. He talked about his strong mind and then also taking steps to continue to strengthen his mind, which strengthened his resolve and his forward motion. But he talked about listening to tapes for years on reprogramming and strengthening his positive beliefs. And it's something that we uh, focus on all the time. And it's just a great example of how rescripting those behaviors that don't serve you are so critical. Yeah, well, he was a zygonaut and he used a lot of the programs that we produce, but it wasn't just that. I mean, he stretched out and he read a lot more books. He did, he did whatever he could do to improve himself. When he had this life circumstance happen, he got pulled down, he got sucked down by it. He didn't let it take him out. And listen, there's a, a key important thing that, uh, that he said right at the end of the interview was that he had a choice. He could have ended it all, ended the misery, ended the pain, and he decided not to. That's a key thing is that we all have a choice. And we talked about this before on other podcasts is that it's to be or not to be. Right. Uh, when you wake up in the morning, you actually have a choice to be or not to be. And you can choose life. You can choose success. You can choose moving forward. And each day, that's the only thing that you have control over. Right. He had no control over what they were going to do to him, really. All he did was he, he got up every day, put his shoes on and said, hey, I'm a good person. I'm going to put my one foot forward. I'm going to do the very best I can on this day. Mm -hmm. and, and you know what the energy, and this kind of brings up to the fifth point, you know, the energy was that, that I think drove that more than anything, gratitude. Right. And we've talked about this before. And I, I sometimes understate it. And then when I, when I experience it in my life, it's like, wow, what a, it's, it's there's a huge energy in being able to feel grateful for the things that you have. And, 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 and he's right about his story about his wife working in the homeless shelter, that she sees it every day. She sees people that have literally nothing, and they're grateful for the food that they're given that particular day. There's an energy in that. There's a power in that. And, it, and, it, and that, that kind of gets put into all of our goals. He said, think about the things you are grateful for. So for 20 days, write down every day the 10 things that you are grateful for. You can repeat them if you need to, but just write them down, and that becomes your self-talk. I am grateful for my friends. I'm grateful for the opportunities that present themselves. I'm grateful for whatever it can be. I'm grateful if I have a roof over my head, and I have food on my table. And you start thinking that way, and it's powerful. Well, it's an energy. It's an energy. So you're actually putting that energy out in the universe saying, I'm worthy, right. and I'm alive, and I have good stuff. And I, and my expectations are positive. Right. And that, and that's, it's just, it's a feedback loop and that's really how it works. I love the question you asked him about, we've just gone through some very dark times because of the pandemic and a lot of people are having a hard time. They're depressed. They're, you know, they're emotionally rot. So you asked him, what would you advise? And, you know, he said was make a decision, decide what you want and turn off the TV. Read a book, study, learn something, do what you need to do to make your dreams come true. And it isn't one thing. See, that's the key. It's, it's not just the one thing or the one thing that drops in your lap. It's a process. 
So it's a process of, of him making, taking positive action, but his thinking was right. So he, his self-worth was good. He had positive self-expectancy. Um, he only saw his circumstances, negative circumstances, a temporary one. He stayed in motion and he surrounded himself with the people who supported his goals. And he practiced gratitude. There was just those five things. And within a period of a couple of years, he's a multimillionaire. Right. Here's my challenge that I would lay down is that if you actually get your internal programming correct and you practice this right thinking and you do those five things, you cannot help but not be successful. So let's just go through those one more time. And the first thing is having a positive self-worth and self-expectancy. The second one is to see any negative circumstances that you uh, experience in your life as temporary. Right. You're reframing it. So that whatever bad stuff happens, and it happens to all of us. Right. So Jay's experience was extreme, but but all the time we have bad things. We get, you know, we have a lawsuit we have to deal with, we have a health issue, we have a family problem, whatever. It's temporary. And the third thing is to stay in motion. People have a hard time with this concept because it's it's a little, you know, it's a little vague, a little nebulous, but the reality is stay in motion. What does that mean? That means you have one day, only today. I can control. I can't control yesterday. Tomorrow's going to come no matter what. So what I do is I stay in motion today and make positive actions toward my goals. There you go. Do the things that you know will produce the results that you're looking for. The fourth thing is surround yourself with people who support your dreams and your goals, who support you. Right. Get rid of the the negative naysayers. Create your little mastermind group and stay in touch with them. And then the fifth thing is to practice gratitude. Right. It's, the, it's those little things day to day that actually put energy into your, your positive actions. So I'm going to throw in a plug for our mind tools and encourage everyone to use them. Because what that does is it, it helps you to focus on what we're talking about right now. It will clear away the clutter of negativity. We have one of our... Uh, one of our uh, long-term mind warriors once said, it literally grabs you by the scruff of the neck and forces you to do what you want to do. One of my favorite lines ever. Yeah, again, what the, what the tools do, and there's different flavors of these tools, and we've talked about it many times, and of course you can go on the app and see what all those tools are, but it does exactly what we were talking about earlier, and that is changes your internal programming so that it d- develops that sense of, of not only self-worth, but positive self-expectancy, so that your internal programming is what you want it to be to be able to convert that external programming to match that inner reality. So, Dan, I want to thank you for sharing the interview and contributing to, uh, to this really important podcast. And I want to encourage everyone to uh, go through all the mind tools that are currently available uh, on the app, both on Android and Apple now. So until next time, enjoy your journey. There is a power that lies dormant within each of us. A creative force waiting to be awakened. Potentials of mind science barely understands. Harnessing the energies of consciousness is the next chapter in human evolution. Join us as we explore the secrets of mind and the technology and people behind the revolution. This 
is the Mind Warrior Project. This is Zygon.